the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. We just sang that song, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know that verse, John three sixteen. How many of y'all know that verse? Okay, all those hands go up. Do you realize you can say, I know that verse, and you become so familiar with that verse that that verse no longer speaks to you? And do you realize God speaks through familiar verses if we don't let them become so familiar that they can't teach us anything? That's the danger of it. There's a danger in familiarity. Oh, I already know that. When you say that, you're saying that there's nothing else that God can teach me about that passage. And the passage is so pregnant with truth, so much insight, it resonates with truth. And be it known to you today, if you, Lord, here's John 3, 16, show me something fresh that I've not seen in this verse. And God will begin to illuminate your mind and open your mind to new insight. You'll say, oh, I never saw that before. That verse never spoke to me that way before. You know why? Because you were open to God speaking in a fresh new way, and you didn't get so familiar with it that it no longer speaks. When you get so familiar with Scripture that Scripture doesn't speak, then you begin to regress spiritually. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, ba- based on that, First Timothy 4.13 says, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine, to teaching, the Word of God. Number six, If we're going to keep ourselves from spiritual regression, listen and obey the voice of God. Listen and obey the voice of God. This is the best way to keep from spiritual regression. This is the best way to keep from being deceived and being ensnared by the enemy is to listen to who? To whom? The voice of God. Psalms 85.8. Jot that down. Psalms 85.8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. When you hear God and when you obey God, when he will speak peace to the point that your heart and your life will be set at ease. You see, listening to the voice of God gives peace and relieves stress and anxiety. Number seven. When one knows the word but refuses to obey the word he knows, it will bring spiritual regression. Jeremiah 44, 23. When one knows the what? Word, but refuses to obey the word he knows, it will bring spiritual regression. 
The Bible says in James, don't be just hearers of the word, but be what? Doers of the word. In other words, the word needs to be activated into your life so that you won't find yourself in regression. In Jeremiah chapter 44, it's a profound verse there. Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 23. Jeremiah 44, 23, it says, because you have burned incense and because you have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord or walked in his law, in his statutes, or in his testimony. Therefore, this calamity has happened to you as at this day. In other words, the word of God says through Jeremiah, uh, God speaks through Jeremiah, said, because you disobeyed and rebelled against me, and you went on anyhow and burned the incense. You went on anyhow and sinned against me, and you've not obeyed my voice, not my statutes, my law. Calamity has come upon you. And you, let me tell you something. Your road to destruction is to not hear God. Your road to destruction is to not hear God. And some of you hear everything but God. Everything but God. You walk around with this little thing in your ear looking like a Martian. You know, people, you know them little thing, them little talking thing, the little phone things. You got them all in your ears. And, and I just never seen so many people just talking to themselves. You know, and everybody's just talking. And, you, you know, they're just talking. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody's talking. Nobody's talking to nobody, but they're talking to the person, you know, with the thing in the ear. And they just live there looking like a little Martian or something. When are you going to take some of that out of your ear so you can hear God? Some of you in chat rooms you ought not be in. Some of y'all hear the voice of television. Some of y'all hear the voice of the media. You're listening to the wrong voices. You're listening to the wrong, and no wonder your life is not any better. You spend all your time in the express news and all that bad news, but I got some good news. God has some good news. And the God speaks primarily through his word. His word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against him. You got to hear God, not the telephone, running up the bills. You got to hear God. Daniel chapter 9 verse 11 says, yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. When you hear the voice of man more than the voice of God, the voice of mama, the voice of, the voice of a girl, the voice of a boyfriend, the voice of your friend or your homeboy, your sorrow, or your frat or whatever, and you put all that above God, you are headed for big-time trouble. Number eight, how do we end up in spiritual regression? Compromising the word of God to pursue one's own selfish agenda will cause one to regress spiritually. Compromising what? The word of God to pursue one's own agenda, own selfish agenda, will cause one to regress spiritually. Jot down Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 23. Genesis 3, 1 through 23. Spiritual regression and ultimately death came to Adam and Eve when they compromised the word of God. God told them what? Not to eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. Don't, look, it said, don't eat it. 
Matter of fact, the scripture says, if you read that passage, don't even touch it. Touch it. You know, just some in us. Y'all say, you know, Adam messed us up. But I got news for you. If you were there, you'd done the same thing. If I was there, it's just some in us. Don't touch the paint. What are we going to do? Don't step on the grass. There you go. It's just some in us by nature. When, we, when you tell us not to, it, we are compelled to do that. I mean, God told Adam, don't eat of the tree. Don't touch it lest you die. And he went on. He heard the voice, another voice, the voice of Satan. And Satan duped him, made it sound sweet. Oh, you won't die. You'll be just like God and all that stuff. And the consequences were terrible. They fell in the garden. Women gave pain in childbirth. Man had to work by the sweat of their brow. They were expelled from the garden. Sin came in. Death came in. Everything came in because of rebellion and compromising the word of God. Who's in authority over your life? Is it the voice of this world system and what they say to you? Or is it the voice of God? If you listen to God, you will progress. If you listen to the voice of people, people don't know where you ought to go. They don't know your limits. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know all the facts about your life. Nobody know you like Jesus. Number nine, how do we keep ourselves in spiritual regression? Seek to continually be in the presence of God. Seek to continue to be where? In the presence of God. Turn to Psalm 1611. That's a sweet verse if I ever saw one. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. Seek to continually be in the presence of God. Psalm 1611, look what it says. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you realize when you sit in the presence of God, God brings fullness of joy. He restores you. He renews you. He fires you up from being in his presence. He does that. And being in God's presence keeps us from spiritual regression. Number 10, examine yourself for signs of spiritual erosion. Examine yourself for signs of spiritual erosion. I love those first two words in 2 Corinthians 13.5. The first two words in 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourself. I just wish you'd just underline those two words. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible. Now, if it's not your Bible, don't write in it. But it, the first two words is examine yourself. You know what? If we examine ourselves, checked ourselves out, uh, then it would keep us from spiritual erosion. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Look at it says, test yourselves. Do you not know? Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Why do people get thrown out of the game? A basketball game, football game, volleyball, whatever kind of game. It's because they violate the rules and they get kicked out the game. And if it's bad enough, they won't even make the next game. And they are fined, as we often see. Why? Because they did not play by the rules. Do you realize this is God's book? How many of y'all know this is God's book? And do you realize this is God's commandments, his, his testimonies, this is his divine law, 
And you say, why God got so many of those? Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not kill. Don't commit adultery. Stop lying. Honor your mother and father. Don't do this. Don't. Oh, listen, wait a minute now, y'all. God doesn't say that, these things, so that you can be miserable. God has given these thou shall not and told us what to do so that we can prosper, so that we can be blessed, so that we can live to the maximum of our potential, so that we won't go beyond our boundaries and destroy ourselves. Why do you tell your child, don't go out, thou shalt not go in the streets? Huh? Thou shalt not talk to strangers. Think about that. You got those thou shalt nots in your why? Because you know if you don't set some boundaries, they could wander in the wrong places and they could be abducted or they can be struck dead by a truck or car. And so you do it because you want to preserve their little lives to the glory of God. And you know why God has given this law? He wants to preserve your life. And a lot of folk go to the grave early because they violate the law of God. If you violate the law of God, you will go to an early grave. You will cut yourself short. You will not live the quality of life that God has ordained for you. The word of God, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest deserve to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Success come from obeying and trusting and living by the word of God and let it govern every aspect of your life to the glory of God. This is what you must believe and hold on to. That's why I preach so hard. I want to see you make it. I've got to give an account for you. And when I stand before God and give an account for the members of Maranatha that I shepherded, your blood ain't going to be on my hand because I told you. You got to answer for yourself. <laughs> Examine yourself for spiritual erosions. Spiritual erosion can be so subtle. You know what? When you get in a bad shape and a bad state, you don't just all of a sudden get there. There's a slow ebbing, a slow inching away. It doesn't happen. You just, boom, you're in a bad shape. It happens slowly, so subtly that you don't even, so unsuspectingly, until you don't even realize it's affecting you. And when you wake up and realize what has happened, you say, now, how did I get in this mess? It didn't just start. It was happening all the time. And you know what? You ran past all the signs. You ignored them. Now look at yourself. Now look at signs are real. So let me give you some signs of spiritual regression so you can catch the erosion in your life. Allow me to give you some signs. I got about 11 of them, but they won't take long. I do them just a few minutes. Uh, about 11 of them, and then we'll be done. You say, ooh, you lowered. You know what? You don't come here to get dessert. I'm here to give you meat. I'm not trying to play with you. you I'm trying to help you. You need some castor oil and some cut liver oil. You need some spinach. You need something that's going to grow you up and put some muscle spiritually on you. Why don't y'all say amen? So let me give you some signs so that you can catch yourself and won't find yourself that bad off. Be in bad shape and don't even know it. Number one, you know you are in spiritual regression when there is a deficiency in time spent in prayer and the word. 
when there is a deficiency in time spent in prayer and the Word. When the Word of God is decreasing in your life, when prayer can hardly be found, the only time you pray is when you come to church or now and then. You ought to be beyond the now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Amen. Amen. You ought to, your prayer life ought to go deeper than that. Some of y'all can't pray 15 minutes and run out of stuff. You know why you can't pray 15 minutes? Because you're not used to praying. You're not used to praying. That's what some of y'all don't change. You get up too quick. You stay on your knees long enough, God will change you on your knees. Folks, I don't, I've never seen somebody do so much praying and, and then, then get up all messed up. They don't, they don't stay down long enough. When there's a deficiency in time and prayer, spending the word, regression comes. Number two, absenteeism. Say absenteeism. Poor church attendance is a sign of spiritual regression. I, I, thank God you're at church today. It is not Easter. You know, y'all just count that. So some of y'all are CM and E Christians. You only come on Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. And what God is saying is that you're in regression when you can come to church when you just so happen to come to church or when you feel like coming to church or when you have nothing else to do but go to church. That you're in regression. Y'all listening to me now? Let me just go a little bit deeper. When is the last time you've been to church for a whole month, four consecutive Sundays in a row? When was the last time? I ain't saying six months. I ain't saying three. I'm saying one month, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you were there. Oh, when the time comes going to work on Monday, you're there. Monday, Tuesday, when he said you got to work overtime, got to pull a double, you're doing it all. But for God who gives you your very life and energy and strength, you're going to skip out. And you, do, and you have a heart attack when you skip a heartbeat. Skip Sunday school. How many of y'all were in Sunday school this morning? Raise your hand. Good. I ever did the others one there. And what I'm saying to you today, I know we got all the visitors and you might not know our time and all that, but it's right after 8 o'clock. But what I'm saying today is that if your child cut class, you'd be ready to whoop them. I got a question. Is God ready to whoop you? How do you connect with the church? How do you grow? We're going through that book, The Bondage Breaker, and the study guide, and the small groups, and all the things that are happening, and you're missing the time with your family and your God and all the, the interchange that's happening there. Some of y'all haven't heard say, say Sunday school. Somebody under my voice, you haven't been to a Sunday school class this year. It don't even bother you. What about family enrichment night? We have one major night where we have all these activities. Of the word of God, we have women's ministry, men's ministry, youth ministry, choir rehearsals, prayer meeting. They have diabetes support, cancer support, all these support groups and uh, abused people and all. We have all that happening on Wednesdays. When is the last time you've been out on a Wednesday night and got your midweek service refueling? Filling. I'm not, now, if you're working every Wednesday, I'm not talking about you. You in class on Wednesday, I'm not talking about you. 
But everybody's not in class. Everybody ain't working overtime on Wednesday. Oh, y'all still there? Amen, lights. Are y'all still there? <laughs> Next sign of erosion, tardiness. Put down tardiness. Listen, here's the thing. If you are habitually absent, the chances are that when you do come, you will be late. Did you get that? <laughs> if you are habitually what? Absent, the chances are that when you do come, you will be habitually late. Come on, people, you can strut in here and strut late. You know, you come playing, you plan to be late. That train didn't stop you. That construction didn't stop you. You left. If the service started at 1050 and you leave in the house at 1030 and you stay 20 miles from here, how you going to make it? But oh, when Monday come, it can be flood. You get there through the flood and swim a little bit. Get there on time. Get there before time to have coffee. To have coffee. When are you going to come here and have coffee with Jesus? Now, some of y'all ain't right. I'm going to just tell it like it is. And you treat God so bad, and this old bald-head black preacher is here to tell you to get your house in order and straighten up your life and straighten up your act, just like you tell your child. Because you God's child, and God expect more than what you're delivering. Amen. How many of you know you need God? How many of you know you need him every second? How many of you know you need him every minute? How many of you know you need him every hour? How many of you know you need him every day? How many of you know that without Jesus you can't do nothing? How many of you know that can't nobody do you like Jesus? Can't nobody do you like the Lord? How many of you have been picked up by God? How many of you know he's turned you around? How many of you know he's placed your feet? How many of you know he's put your feet on solid ground? How many of you know he's healed you? Fell you through bad relationships? Saw you through crisis and car wrecks. And then you can't worship him. You can't give him honor. You can't give him praise. You come strutting here like a peacock late as if God owes you. You need to repent. You need to repent. You need to repent. That's part of this. Number four. Seeing people as business prospects rather than kingdom prospects. When you see people, you see them for what you can get money-wise. Instead of seeing them soul-wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Seeing people, hey, brother, how was your day? Who did you witness this week? Who did, who did you pray with? How's your prayer life? How's your Bible reading? It's not what you can get. It's what you can give folks spiritually. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom. It's not about your business, self-promotion. It's about people and their lostness and their hurt and their pain and their waywardness and their confusion and their anguish and their condition. Church, give me a check and I get a check just like you get a check. I ain't no puppet on the string. You, may, you, you take me out to dinner, buy me a steak, I don't owe you nothing but love. Amen? 
Amen. If you go, don't play that game with me. When we go out and do something, it ain't because of what you can do, what I can. No, I ain't. I can't be bought. I ain't for sale. I don't have no strings on me, so I can preach. Amen. When I'm with you, it's about being with you because we love each other. It's about relationship. I ain't about getting nothing out of you. I just want to see you grow and develop and fall in love with Jesus. That's my goal for you. My reward is coming on the other side. And when, when I would go out together, expect me to tell you the truth. Some folks scared to bite me, bite me out because they hear too much truth. I have fun in truth. <laughs> then, listen, um, another, another sign of spiritual regression is this, having to be constantly reminded to serve in the ministry you signed up for. Having to be constantly reminded to serve in ministry you signed up for. Y'all remember ministry fair? How many of y'all remember, remember that ministry fair we had last January? Remember all them tables out in the hall? Some of y'all don't even want to raise your hand now. You want to pretend that you ain't out there. Unless you just got here, you don't know. <laughs> but some of these folks that have been around here a year or two, they know what I'm talking about. They, they're already under conviction before I can make the point. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying, how, well, let me just back up. Let me go another way. How many of y'all are in at least one ministry? In these, well, raise your hand high. Don't be scared to raise them now. I ain't say half a ministry. I said one ministry. <laughs> All right. Now, listen. Did anybody make you sign up? Did anybody pay you to sign up? Did you sign up because you wanted to sign up? You chose the table and you said you were going to commit and you signed your name to that? Now, listen, nobody should have to call you or beg you or coerce you when you've made a commitment with you and God as it relates to that ministry. Amen? Spiritual regression is when you can sign up for ministry, say you're going to be committed to it, and then uh, three months later, you don't even know when they meet and what time they meet and what they're doing in the meeting and could care less. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy, yet even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, now good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.